Welcome back, everybody, to the Below Average Joe's MMA Podcast, episode number 93. It's Friday. We're here at the end of another week Mm. to come at you with another preview, this time for hashtag UFC Vegas 25. Yeah, they're still going. I'm Noah B. That's Dominic Salee. How are you doing? It's Friday. Mm -hmm. Now, Noah, I'm actually going to start the episode off on a somber note. Okay. This is... At least for the foreseeable future, the last in-person podcast recording. Yeah, I don't think it's really hit me yet that, uh, that, that that's the case. You know, ninety-three episodes, most of well, most of them in person. We've had a few, yeah. <laughs> but you know, it's uh, it does feel like the end of an era of sorts. End of yeah. kind of phase of one, phase one or phase two. one of the podcast. Yeah, yeah, like if you want to look at it that way. So, um, but. It is a sad, it's a sad kind of note, but also I feel like it's it's more for us. I think the the viewers won't notice too much of a difference. Yes, because I think we do a pretty good job remotely to to kind of keep people engaged with our conversation, and I think it's only going to get better. Um, I think we got some big stuff planned to kind of. Yeah keep that engagement up and to, to even, make up for it you know, yeah and even increase bit. the engagement yes, a little if not bit more so yeah, yeah I agree. so i so because of that i think the viewers should have a lot to look forward to yes us it's just a little more sad yeah that, the the but, end of an era but the start of something very special and you know also. you know what Come this on. is you know what this can lead to and i'm just talking out loud we haven't even really talked about this it's have a heart to heart with them well because you're you're moving out of the city but you're only going to be about two hours away right so on the occasions when maybe I go to you or you, I'm back you go here. to me and we're watching fights, we can do some fun yeah, stuff for sure. in person, whether it be an in-person recording, more likely, based off of how we're kind of going to be doing things, maybe we do like a fight companion yeah, or something. That's I true. think that could be really fun uh, as we look to branch out a little bit with our content. Yeah, big things are coming. Yeah, so I think uh, I think if anything, this move might actually be a benefit to yeah. our viewers. That's true. That's true. It's a good way to put it. Now, but enough of the sad stuff. Well, here, let me I want to talk about something else too. Do it. So for our younger viewers out there, Uh-oh. you guys might know this thing called TikTok. Oh shit, you're doing this? All right. Yeah. So I'm um, kind of down. So I I I'm I'm 23. Yeah. As are you. As am I. Freshly but 23. Yeah, yeah. I'm a little bit older. You're more green. November yeah. was my birthday, so I'm getting I'm I'm Almost at the halfway point. Maybe I already am to yeah. being 24. Old ass. <laughs> it's bad. I don't have TikTok. I know nothing about it. Um, besides that it's a, it's a not as good version of uh Uh-oh. Of They're going to be coming at your <laughs> neck after that. Uh, I'm joking. I'm joking. I know nothing about it. I, just, I was a Vine guy. I loved the Vine in high school. But, that's but me being the younger of the two. Yeah, the younger of the two. I'm the trendy one. Right. Just so kidding. I just wanted to put it out there. Uh, if you guys know anything about these food hacks, yeah, we just did one. We just yeah, we had dinner before this. So if there's any belches coming through the mic tonight, <laughs> it's because we had a big dinner. Tell them what we did though. Well, okay. First, we went to a local food truck that we love. Yes, very true. Sword and Smoke in Bowling Green. Yes, support your local business. Food truck. It's on Wooster on the Main Street in Bowling Green, Ohio. Check it out if you ever come through the city. But. They were out of meat. Yes. So we're like, okay. Well, shit. Well, we're like sitting there thinking. Where did we start driving around? Didn't know what we were going to uh, do. And Dom brings up about going to KFC. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, okay, I could do KFC, you know. And uh, he starts talking about food hacks. And he's like looking them up on his phone. So we pull over in, in the, parking, the lot. parking lot of KFC so he can like show me these food hacks. He's like, we should do one of these, you know. Just like, it's basically mixing foods together. Yeah, yeah. For those who don't know. So he starts looking them up. He's like, "Oh, he's like, all these are for KFC or uh, for Chick Fil A. I yeah. can't find the KFC ones." Yeah. I'm like sitting there thinking, I'm like, like, hmm. "It's not too far away." <laughs> so I'm like, "You know, do you just want to go to Chick Fil A?" <laughs> and the, the 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 reason that's funny is because Chick Fil A is probably about a 20 minute drive. Yeah, we went away. Yeah, while KFC was like five. Yeah, <laughs> we were literally in KFC's parking lot, <laughs> yeah, and we're so, like, "Nah, we'll leave." So uh, I drove us to Chick Fil A, and we got. Two 12-piece nuggets. Yes. Not not each, but what yeah. goes into one bowl? Yeah, yes. Or wait, yeah, it's two. So well, yeah, each. but yeah. Or wait, so. uh, one bowl <laughs> consists of yeah, so each a 12-piece nugget. Each yeah. one of us got a 12-piece nugget, yeah. fry, yep. 
a small mac and cheese bowl. Yes. And then a cu- the sauces of your choosing. And I did all Chick-fil-A sauce because that's what everybody should do. And I did Chick-fil-A sauce and barbecue sauce. Yeah, you got a little, you got a little cheeky mm-hmm. with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And let me just say. Give them a nice shake and some, yeah, yeah. some and plastic Tupperware. Wear. Yeah, Tupperware. And let me just say. Wow. I'm not big on like hopping on trends and stuff like that, but that was, it was that was really good. It was good. It was worth it. The kid who yes, the kid Shout who took out, my what was card. His name? I wish I remember his name. I don't remember his name, but the kid who took my my debit card in the drive-through. It's like that's not even the best one. Yeah, he was telling me about spicy chicken sandwich, spicy and mac chicken and sandwich with mac and cheese and buffalo sauce. Yeah. So that's next. So for any of you guys that are that looking are to food. get a little out there with your food yeah. options, change uh, it up a little. Don't say that we haven't done anything for you. Yeah. You won't be disappointed, yes. I hope. Especially because it's Chick-fil-A, man. You don't even have to do that. chick fil A is so good if you just yeah. do the boring usual. Yeah. So why but not change it up? Why not mix it up a little bit? So that's brought to you by the Joes. <laughs> True. We wouldn't lie to you all. Yeah. It was good. That was an above-average meal. Yes. For some below-average below average Joes. <laughs> Now, all right. Let's get into some fight. We got to talk about MMA, I guess. Yeah, well, yeah, I guess not. Yeah, this ain't a this ain't a uh, food podcast, right? right? So, yeah. let us know. If it you is want more. time for <laughs> the news. The news. We got a few uh, a downers. A few downers here. Yeah, a lot of sad stuff. So we have a May eighth card coming up, looking like it's going to be really fun. But yeah, the whole thing fell apart. No, I'm <laughs> just kidding. We had a legend fight. Diego Sanchez is unfortunately out of his scheduled bout with. Donald Cowboy Cerrone. The legend fight. As of now, no replacement has been made to fight Cowboy Cerrone, but the UFC actively seeking Cowboy looking to stay on that date. So it looks like he will be getting an opponent here. And is that like the most Donald Cerrone thing ever? Oh, I mean, come on. It's just what this guy does. Yeah. You know, even though lately, I guess in the past... Really ever since he lost to Conor McGregor in the main event of UFC 246, he's kind of... He's always been a guy to just anybody, any place, anytime. Yeah. Even though now he fights less. Which is probably good. Well, yeah. He was fighting too much. <laughs> but, it, yeah, so he's fighting less, but it's still the same cowboy. Right. Any ideas who maybe this replacement opponent might be? No. The, the, the <laughs> issue being that it's so close, we're two weeks out, and it's a, it's a fight night, and it's not even a main event. I think it's going to be Kevin Holland. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. You know, that would be a way to make your Walter Waite debut, wouldn't it? And it's not a wrestler. I mean, I can't take that. credit for that one. I saw a lot of comments on the um, original post about Diego being out saying that, but well, to be I fair, I thought that was funny. To be fair, you mentioned how cool of a fight it would be if Nick, Nick Diaz were to really return with that, and I can't disagree. That would be an amazing fight. The problem being, like I said, it's a fight night. It's not a main event, and he wants to stay on that date. But the fight itself, you can't deny that that would. If be they've amazing. decided to move Cowboy out of that date, Nick Diaz in like July just for Nick or Diaz, two. yeah. I'm just saying that would be what a fight that would be for yeah. the fans. I know I said Jorge Masvidal on Monday, but really, the more I've been kind of thinking about it, you can do anything. I really like better because Nick Diaz hasn't fought in so long. The yeah, you have him fighting like a Donald Cerrone, Robbie Lawler. Yeah, I agree. Like that. Even a Carlos Matt, Condit, Matt Brown, Matt Brown, Carlos Condit. Yeah, yeah great options. But that's happening. Hopefully Diego heals up. Yeah. I don't know if I necessarily want to see him in the octagon again, if I'm being frank. Yeah, I wasn't big when that fight got announced to begin with, to be truthful. Yeah. Now this one, though. The main event of this May 8th card. You know, the the, the MMA gods had to take something away from us. Because the pay-per-view we got last Saturday was so good. Fair trade-off. TJ Dillashaw out. Ah. The cut on the eyebrow. Nasty Nasty looking. yeah. So he's out of his scheduled five-round main event with Corey Sanhagen. The replacement, looking like it's going to be Michelle Watterson and Marina Rodriguez. The new main event, which is random, and so, I don't hate it. So let's start with this fight's uh, Dillashaw-Sanhagen being moved. Yes, they're going to keep that fight together, which so they should. I would say maybe July, late June, maybe. Yeah, it depends on how quickly that cut can heal. Because that, that cut was, that was pretty It was deep. deep. Yeah. Well, but... As far as the new main event goes, I am. I'm not really, taking slander I, I, on. No, it. I really like it. I'm not going to do it. I'm let's gonna, let's. I'm going to. I'm going to go off of what you said. Michelle for anyone Watterson, that is hating on this, go Michelle ahead. Watterson. Yeah. Her last fight was a main event. Also, one that came on short notice. Came on short. That got notice. a lot of hate. 
against Angela Hill. Yep. Ended up being a fight of the year contender. Yes. That she won. Yes. While Marina Rodriguez fought on UFC 257 on against Amanda Hebas, who is probably the biggest prospect in the strawweight division, knocked her out yeah. twice. Brutally, yeah. <laughs> I think that this fight's really good. It's an awesome fight. It's not Dillashaw Sanhagen. Right. But, I mean, but what, what could is? be? Yeah, exactly. When you have to scramble, you know, I think it's better to put this fight in the main event than... I really, I actually don't know what the co-main is on that card off the top of my head. Well, there were a couple good fights on this card. It was actually kind of a low-key banger. Of a well, card. I've heard, I knew that, and I've looked at it. I just, I can't think of it right now. Uh, but one that comes to mind off the rip that our buddy JP talked about is Neil versus Neil. Mm. Jeff Neil versus Neil Magny was on that card, so he was like, uh, "I wonder why they didn't make that one the main event uh, because this fight between Marina and Michelle was not even like it was the fight that they were making, but it wasn't." hooked to a card yet right so you got to think they were kind of still just debating on when i mean they're like wait if they're both available we'll just do it now yeah i mean you got to wonder how quickly this fight was really going to be booked if this main event doesn't fall out yeah because this is a really quick and i wonder were they planning on making this a fight night main event in the first place then because it's a whole different world training for three rounds and five it could be i have a hard time believing that because i wonder if they were looking to get these two women on a fight night really soon anyways. Yeah. Because, I mean, this is a quick turnaround if you if you haven't been training for this fight already. Especially if you haven't been for five rounds. But, yeah, I, I, I think the only challenge that's going to be presented here, and I don't know, we'll see if uh, Marina or if uh, Michelle maybe do some press and talk more about it. Yeah. I would think that the biggest challenge for both these women is going to be the five rounds. Yeah. I would say that this was originally looking like it was going to be a three-round fight. Maybe on a fight night in uh, May or June. Oh, and that's what's interesting, too, because we've seen Michelle go five rounds a couple times. Marina, we've never seen. That's true. Big jump here. That's true. Marina does have a style also very draining, Mm -hmm. not just on her opponent, but on herself. She has a very high output. I have no doubt Michelle's ability to go five rounds. She's proven it. She's proven it. And get better. She doesn't really really slow down. Marina hasn't showed it. She also hasn't been put in that position. This would be her first five-round fight. Big test for So I'm very much excited for that, considering how good she looked against Amanda Hebas back in January. That was great. Crazy. For a girl that's so good on the ground, to do it with her hands, oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Oh, and now that you mention that, Hebas is actually on that card, too. Mm-hmm. I was trying to think of some other ones. She's fighting she's, Angela she's Hill. She's fighting Angela Hill, so yeah. Funny enough. And then you got the winners yeah. matched up there. So that makes all kinds of sense. Now, our last one here. This is a bit of a banger. banger. Fight announcement for July 24th. Mm. Two top 15 Bantamweights, right? Yes. For some reason, I know... Kyler just cracked in. Okay, that's what I was about fight. to say. Kyler Phillips and Rafael Sunsal. I knew a Sunsal's... He's a staple, guy. staple of the yeah. Bantamweight division. Kyler Phillips I wasn't too sure about, but... That's a this, banger. This is a fun one because mm. Kyler Phillips has really been making a splash here of the... I guess in the last year. And a Sun Sal needs a win. A Sun Sal, haven't seen him since UFC 250 where he got correct yeah. by Cody Garbrandt. At the buzzer. Yeah, yeah, at the buzzer. Cody Garbrandt was in talks of knockout of the year for that one. Yeah. So a Sun Sal on a bit of a dip here. And look at that. I mean, Marlon Marais, Scorsese, and Cody Garbrandt. Three straight losses. To those guys, <laughs> holy shit. It's a, it's a killer's road. That, this whole division. That division, though, yeah. Yeah. It's a tough division. I mean, look at a guy like Sean O'Malley, who looks like he can be like the future of this division. Yeah. Look how hard of a time he's having to get up past you know Marlon Barra. Yeah. And even kind of uh, he had his moments in his last fight where he was struggling. It just goes to show that like this whole division, not even just the guys ranked, it's nuts. It's a killer's row. And Kyler, Kyler Phillips has passed off. each test though. He's Nicknamed Matrix. Yeah, in his most recent fight with Song Yudong. Yeah. Oh my goodness. That fight was nuts. Was that I, his most recent fight? Yeah, that was the win he's coming off of. That's why he's ranked now. And oh, literally, it was. Yeah, yeah, I forgot. Because I, I started announcing, and the winner is Song Yudong. <laughs> and I was like, oh shit, it was Kyler Phillips. <laughs> that shows how close it was. Yeah, yeah. But we, I think we both kind of thought Song Yudong might have won that fight. But Great fight. So, Song Yudong, another top prospect. In this yeah. Another kid who struggled to really get past... Those tests at mm-hmm. Bantamweight. I'm really looking forward to this one. You got a stylistic matchup, a Sun Sal. I mean, 35 pro fights to 10. Pretty sure, if I remember correctly, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu black belt. Oh, yeah. Uh, Kyler Phillips, though, 
That man does some crazy shit on the feet. I mean, he's good everywhere, too. He's, That's I mean, what's he really so special is. about him. He really showed a lot against Song Yudong, actually. Um, I'm really looking forward to this one. I don't know if a Sun Sal can really get it done on the feet, but if he can get this fight to the ground. And, and we say it a lot with fights like this, a very important fight for both guys in very different ways. It, it, it's it's really for Kyler to get into the top ten. For How Sun good Sal, are you? Yeah. He's got to try to maintain his relevancy here. Yeah. Because if he gets another loss, that's four in a row in a talent-stacked division like it's this. Hard, he, good luck you're either talking, up. after this, you're talking moving up a weight class, yeah. or you're talking about being cut. Yeah. That's really what you're talking about after this. That's true. Now, that's all for our fight announcements, but yeah. as for the rest... Do this, I got any Contender Series fans <laughs> in the building, baby? Look, my Contender Series fans, please stand up. I'm, I'm standing. Stand, I can't stand up, even though I love the show. I'm up. I love the show, but you know, I, I'm a fake fan because I never watched it in the fall. Fake fan. Contender Series Asia. I love it. In the works for June at the UFC Apex. Going to consist, as the name would suggest, mostly Chinese fighters. And if anyone watched UFC 261 this past weekend, they are hitting that market hard, aren't they? Had they had four, four Asian fighters, three yep. of which I believe are making their debut. Yep. Now, they did go 0-4 on the card. That's true. But... but Made a splash, though. Yes. Aori Kilang. Yes. That fight, that fight was nuts. And we talk about this all the time. And Rong Zhu, the youngest fighter ever. Yeah. First fighter in the UFC to be born after the year 2000. Nah, we're old. <laughs> That's crazy. Zhang Weili, of course. The, the then champion, of course, got knocked out by Rose to lose the belt, but still one of the absolute best fighters, especially in the women's divisions that the UFC has. And now here we are doing a contender series. They've done it for Brazil. Now they're expanding it to Asia. And uh, this is just going to be something that we continue to see. I wouldn't be surprised if a couple years from now we see contender series Africa. Contender series UAE, United Ooh. Arab Emirates. So yeah, I, could see, I, I definitely could see contender series becoming a big branch off. And, and we talked about this on the uh, the Reebok episode with the contender series stuff and like the performance center stuff that we mentioned. How they're just expanding, putting PIs all over the world. They're building UFC gyms in Shanghai. Yeah. Here's another example. I do think it's interesting. This will be, at least from the report that came out, this looks like it is going to be filmed and held at the Apex in Vegas. Right. Even though it's so focused around these Chinese fighters. Yeah. I would like to think over the next few years as the UFC expands with their PIs and things like that in these other countries, I'd like to think that uh, eventually this will they be just do it there. done in Asia. But for the time being, I'm really on board with this. You've mentioned Brazil's already a branch Have off. One. Yeah. Um, any more contender series content, the better. Oh, for me and you, for everyone, just bring it, bring it on. I'm so, I'm so excited for. Them I will to say, have it don't back. don't expect that date of June to really hold up. I could see this being. A little bit after tough, yeah, because the Ultimate Fighter are gonna have that Tuesday nights unlocked yes, exactly. for the summer. So um, I would expect maybe June to be a little too soon. And that, but that's even better though, because then we got tough all summer mm-hmm. on Tuesdays. Right when it's done, here's Contender Series. Mm. I mean, they mm. unless they want to move this to a different date, we might have Contender Series Asia and just Contender Series on at the same time. This is true. Who, I'm not going to complain I'm about it. I'm here for it. Give me more fights. <laughs> Give us more content, baby. Yeah, baby. <laughs> but uh, that's going to be it for today's edition of The News. The News. It's we, time. We got six fights to preview here. Another Oops. UFC Vegas. Number Head, 25. Headlined by, as Dana White called it, the fight, the fight. to make at light heavyweight. And I don't disagree. <laughs> Dominic Reyes and Yuri Prohaska. Yuri Prohaska making his second walk in the UFC. Rumor has it Noah's going to be cage side for this one for Yuri. <laughs> I'm in his corner. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but Dominic Reyes, no slouch himself. The guy who probably the most, the closest to, I don't know how to We think it. he won. I thought he beat John Jones, but yeah. I thought Tiago Santos beat John Jones. True. So, I mean... In that way, I guess it's not as special to me. But he's got a cool first he, name. In my opinion, I thought he. I'll put it like this: Tiago Santos won a split decision. Dominic Reyes, or sorry, Tiago Santos lost a split decision. Right. Dominic Reyes lost a unanimous decision. But it should. Not I thought happen. Dominic more obviously won his fight with Jones. And we more also, cle- thought- at least in my eyes, won it more clearly than Tiago. And we still thought Tiago won too. So 
Take I think that. Dominic Reyes is the yeah. most clear victory over John Jones. So we know how good he can be, but coming off the Jan Blahovich loss. loss to yeah. Jan Blahovich, we're going to start at the bottom of the main We always got to start at the bottom. Six fights. Women's flyweight division. I'm very excited to see these two young women's flyweights. I like the prospect match. Because women's flyweight, definitely a division that I want to start seeing some It's starting to stack up. Mm-hmm. Here. Poliana Botello. Beautiful. And Luana Carolina. Very nice. Yeah, so Poliana is eight and three, three and two in the UFC. She's got six KOTKOs. Four of those have came in the first round. Notable win against Pearl Gonzalez, who I believe just signed with Bare Knuckle. She beat her via unanimous decision. Notable losses: Cynthia Calvillo via submission and Jillian Roberson uh, via decision. So tough fights there for her in her young career. And then for uh, Luana or Luana. 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 I, I like Luana. Luana is six and two. She's one and one in the UFC and won a fight on the contender series there. She's got two KOTKOs, one submission. Two of those three finishes have came in the first round. Notable wins against Priscilla Koshera, who lost a fight to, I believe, Valentina Shipshenko. Was that the same person? Priscilla Koshera. When was... Valentina got that nasty stoppage that was late, yeah. was that yep. her? That was That's Mario Yamasaki. If she yes. dies, she dies. Oh, boy. That was via <laughs> unanimous decision. And then her notable loss, Noah loves this one, the, the knee bar to Ariana Lipsky. Oh, my God. Yikes. Her knee was Gruesome. going the wrong way. I was literally watching that. With my sister. And you at started my mom's cramping. House and I, yeah, I started yelling. <laughs> ah! I was like, Macy! Macy, my leg! Stretch it out. Give me ice. <laughs> this is a fun fight. Yeah, two young women here in women's flyweight. Um, Botella, 32. She is kind of at the tail end of her prime. While for Luana, she's 27. Really kind of starting to come into her own here. Both very green. Both very green. And you know, Carolina's the one that has a submission win between the two. But she showed a lot of deficiencies in that fight with Lipsky. At least showed there a lot of you know the levels. Well, it's crazy with these submission artists that are so good on the ground, even like Charles Oliveira, but they get finished by submission a lot too. Yeah, you know. What I find interesting here about uh, Botello, eight wins, six yeah. via knockout, finishes fight. That is a very rare feat mm-hmm. for a UFC women's fighter. You know, usually. It's been well-documented. Women's MMA tends to be more decision-heavy. So when you have a woman like Botello who's finishing fights at that rate, definitely sticks out a little bit. And even in her UFC performances, she's 3-2, and two, as you mentioned. She does have a TKO win in the UFC. Yep. <sighs> does she get another, though? This is a tough fight to predict because they're so just... Dead even in a So, heap, between seems. the two, I think the best win between both these women is I think the uh, Carolina's win over Priscilla Cachuera. Yeah. But I think I'm still going to side with Botello here. Okay. And I think I am going to go via decision. I agree. I think Luena is at least good enough. You know, she is also someone that tends to be better on the feet. So I think she's going to be good enough on the feet to make this fight at least somewhat competitive, mm-hmm. but I don't think uh, she. I don't think it's. I don't think there's enough of a talent discrepancy for either woman to really get finished here. I think it'll be very back and forth. Back. I don't know. Back and forth is the right word. I think it'll be a pretty clear win for Botello, but I don't think it'll be overwhelming. Overwhelming. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm going the same route though. I think Botello gets the decision win. Seen more of her in the UFC, especially against higher level competition, and that's where I think that slight edge and you know veteranness, if you will, uh, will side with her. I think she gets it done over the course of three rounds with a decision. I will just throw this out there, <clears throat> Botello, very good Muay Thai striking. Mm-hmm. If this fight goes to the clinch, which you know Muay Thai fighter is very dangerous in the clinch, but if if Carolina does have the edge in the in the grappling that I don't see. Don't be surprised if she gets the fight to the ground through those exchanges yeah, and true. gets a finish there. But just throwing that out there, that's not how I see it going. Moving on. Fun one. <clears throat> Very Two important top one. 15 men's bantamweights here. Marab Balishvili. Yes. Haven't seen him since our very first pay-per-view preview episode. It's crazy. For UFC 252. He's been too busy jumping into ice. <laughs> yeah. He's going up against Cody Stamen. Good fight here, Noah. So Marab's twelve and four, 
five and two in the UFC. He's got two KO TKOs, one submission. Notable wins against Casey Kinney, uh, Gustavo Lopez, and John Dotson. All of those via decision. He started in the UFC 0-2, now on a five-fight win streak here. So bringing a lot of momentum. Finally ranked in that top 15. The lone notable loss uh, in the UFC, Ricky Simone. That was via submission. We're big war Ricky guys. That loss is looking better and better uh, now. Ricky Simone's an absolute dog. And then on the other end, we've got Cody Stamen. He's 19-3 and with one draw, 5-2-1 in the UFC. Six KO TKOs, two submissions. Uh, four of those have came in the first round. Notable wins against Brian Caraway via split decision. Alejandro Perez via decision. And Brian Boom Kelleher via decision. Just a couple days after the tragic passing of his brother in that fight, too. Mm-hmm. So we got to that see him. emotional one for him. Very emotional and just showed his warrior spirit in that one. Uh, and his notable losses, I mean, heck, Aljamain Sterling, Marab's training partner via submission, and Jimmy Rivera via decision. I mean, look at the level of competition that this guy's already faced. Yeah. And each of these guys came into the UFC in 2017. <clears throat> this is only their fourth year in. This is a tough fight to predict mm. because not only because of how even these guys are, at least it appears talent-wise, but also their styles kind of mimic each other very closely. Yeah. I wouldn't say they're the same kind of grapplers, but they both tend to get this fight to the ground. Marab has a very Habib style He's a very mauler type. Cody Stamen, I think, shows a little more finesse. He's a a very slick grappler. More slick, yeah. And I think, now even with his prowess on the ground, he's going to want to keep this standing against a guy like Marab. And he probably has the edge on the feet. Yeah, definitely with the power, too. But is is he good enough on the feet? Can he keep it on the feet? Right. I mean, and is he really good enough to to really do damage to Marab? You know, Marab did show some things on the feet against his last fight in John Dotson when he wasn't taking him down. He was pressuring him very much in that entire fight. Here's the fun fact I love about Marab: seven fights in the UFC. You know how many takedowns he has? How many? Fifty-four. That's a lot of takedowns. Yeah, it's quite <laughs> insane. That's over six takedowns a fight on average. I think I'm going to side with the gentleman who's. I'm going to ride the hot hand. Okay. I'm going to go with Marab Valichvili yeah. via decision. I do think Cody Stamen's going to have a hard time keeping this it's the fight pressure. on the feet. It's the pressure of Marab, um, man. And once this fight's on the ground, it will be interesting to see if Cody Stamen can... Can he get up? Can he get up? Can he get? Can he take Marab down? Like, it'd be yeah. interesting to see. Um, I do think Cody Stamen might be a little bit overlooked in this matchup, but... More, more so, just because I, I do like Cody statement. I'm just, I'm still gonna go with tough Marab. fight, man. It's a tough fight. Yeah, I've got Marab the same way. I just think he can maul people for three rounds. Uh, we've seen him do it for five straight fights, and I think he does it here for a sixth one. He takes the decision. I think Cody gives him some issues, uh, but nothing that Marab can't handle. And again, with his pressure and his grappling, it's just immense, and it's going to be very mm-hmm. hard and very draining for Cody. I think that's going to be the biggest X factor. All right, moving on. Fun one. Fun one at middleweight here. Two fringe top 15 contenders. Sean's now starting number with 15, the yeah. number 15 contender, Sean Strickland, going up against a guy who's bounced back and forth from top 15 to right outside, Christoph Jogno. And man, by the numbers here in terms of wins, losses, you couldn't have made it any better. <laughs> yeah. So Sean is 22 and 3, 9 and 3 in the UFC with 10 KO, TKOs, four submissions. Nine of those 13 finishes have came in the first round. He's got notable wins against Tom Brees via decision, Court McGee via decision, and a TKO in his last outing against Brendan Allen. He looked damn good in that fight. Mm-hmm. Notable losses to Santiago Ponzinibbio via decision, and of course, the now, or soon to be anyways, but to the ESPN reporters, number one pound-for-pound fighter in the world right now, Kamara Usman. So, pretty stacked resume there. And then for Jotko, he's 22-4, and 9-4 in the UFC. He's got six KO TKOs, one submission. Four of his finishes have came in the first round. Notable wins against a name that I usually struggle with, but I'm just going to spitball it here anyway. Talis Latis. Yep. Booyah. Via decision, and then a decision over Eric Anders. Notable losses to David Branch via split decision, and then two... Uh, TKO losses to Uriah Hall and Brad Tavares. What are you thinking here, Noah? These guys, again, very evenly matched. Both brown belts and Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Could we be in for a, we only got a, a low-key one... banger? 
question Could mark? be. One inch reach discrepancy. Um, I do think Sean Strickland's the more well-rounded of these two fighters. Mm-hmm. Um, he does have some submission wins, and we don't see it a lot. But he is very capable when the fight gets to the ground. I don't have the same faith in Christoph Jocko. He That fight with David Branch, I actually just watched that, weirdly enough, yesterday. Nice. Look at watched, you. I watched the whole card yesterday. Such a connoisseur. Yeah, very strange. But um, in that fight, Jocko really had nothing when that fight got to the ground. Nothing. And I could, I'm could i not saying that that's going to be Strickland's route to victory. But you think it might be in the But cards. I think that at least Jocko's going to have to respect that ability that Strickland does have. And that might make him a little gun shy on the feet. Mm-hmm. So that Strickland might be able to piece him up more on the feet. I'm going Sean Strickland. And you know what? I'm not. I'm not about to predict five de- or six decisions on here. Me so neither, Noah. I'm going Sean Strickland via finish. I'm going to go with a third round KOT. Same, <laughs> exactly what I'm nice. going with. I think Sean really showed how slept on he is in his that last Brendan fight. Allen when he took fight. out Brendan Allen like that. And you look at what Brendan Allen just did at 261, made it look mm-hmm. easy against Carl Roberson. Mm-hmm. So for Strickland to go in there and do that to him, knock him out cold essentially, out on the feet. This guy's very well-rounded, very slept on. But after this weekend, people are going to know his name. I think he gets the third round. K-O-T-K-O here. Awesome. Co-main? Or wait, no. We have six fights. Not the co-main. Light heavyweight. He's back. We got a late replacement here. Jan Kudaleva going up against the kind of unknown Dustin Jacoby. But we're about to let him know. Mm -hmm. But first off, Kudaleva. 15 wins, 6 losses. Four and five in the UFC. Twelve KOT goes two submissions. That's fourteen out of fifteen wins via finish. Thirteen of those fourteen finishes have came in round number one. Notable win to me. Truthfully, only one. I may be playing hardball here with my notables, but sue me. Khalil Roundtree TKO'd him. Looked very impressive in that fight. That was also the weigh-in where he got all up in his grill and Khalil jumped, and it was just really funny. Notable losses. Misha Serkinov in his UFC debut via submission. Lost the decision to Jared Cannonier. Got submitted by Glover Teixeira. And, of course, the rivalry with Magomed Ankalaev lost twice. Once via the most awkward TKO in the history of the sport. <laughs> and the second time, he went to sleep. Yeah, that, that was bad. That first one, though, that, that walk yeah, across the pr- cage. Come pretty on. wild shit. That's, that's comedy. And from the other end, the unknown, as Noah said, Dustin Jacoby, 14-5, and five, but... He's 2-0 in the UFC, and he entered into the UFC from the Contender Series 1-0 on that show. He's got nine KO TKOs, one submission, and four of those ten finishes have came in the first round. Notable wins, Justin Ledette via TKO and Maxim Grishin via decision. Notable loss, he lost to David Branch at World Series of Fighting number 1 in 2012 via decision. But Noah, although he has 19 MMA fights... We've got a world-class kickboxer on our hands. Yep. In 2018, Dustin Jacoby was the number eight ranked middleweight kickboxer in the world. And that's going to cause some problems. Now, here's here's what I'll say. So, even though Jacoby's going to be slept on a little bit in this matchup, I think, in my opinion, I'm going to turn this fight on its head a little bit. Jacoby should be the clear favorite here. Yeah, I agree. Because... Kudalaba style is very much kill or be killed. Yeah, yeah. But Jacoby's got the accredit the credentials of a world class striker. Yeah, don't just sleep on that. He MMA is a world class kickboxer. Yeah. And Kudalaba doesn't quite have doesn't quite match up. Mm-hmm. He's really good, but his style I think is just gonna kind of lend itself gets wild, man. to a Jacoby win here. But mm-hmm. I will also say that it's not as clear as it looks. For some reason, when these world-class kickboxers transfer over to the UFC, it's not always you know, to the moon. Some of these guys have wavered and faltered pretty hard. Not every one of them is style bender, you know? Yeah, and the guy we're going to talk about in the co-main. Right. <clears throat> but... I am going to side with Dustin Jacoby here. He's, he's looked good in his first two UFC performances. This is a large step up for him. But rather than it being too much too soon, I think it's going to be a coming out party. I'm going to round one KOTKO for Dustin Jacoby. I like Kudalava. 
respect that that guy's game all the time. It's a bad matchup for him, in my opinion. We've had two back-to-back fights with the exact same prediction. No. Nice. I'm going Dustin Jacoba, high five. First round <laughs> KOTKO. I think that kickboxing is really going to play a factor here. We've seen Kudalapa be, be very vulnerable to getting hit. And when he gets hit, he can go to sleep. We mm-hmm. just saw it in his last fight. I think Jacoby's going to have the power here. I think he's going to get it done with some technical clean striking. And when it gets time to put him away, he's going to put him away first round. KOTKO for Jacoby and a big win at that for him and only his third UFC fight. That's a big name. Mm-hmm. Now the co-main. Now the co-main event. This fight is something. <laughs> this fight is Featherweight action Cub Swanson. He's back. Going up against Giga Chikadze. And I tell you, we've got another ageless wonder here because Cub Swanson looked like a killer in his last fight. Uh, hence the name. Yes. And we've got a bit of a resume to go through here, so pardon me. Sure. 27 wins, 11 losses, 12 and 7 in the UFC for Cub. 12 KOTKOs, 4 submissions, 7 of those 16 have came in the first round. Notable wins Ross Pearson and Charles Oliveira, both via KOTKO. A decision over Dustin Poirier, TKO Dennis Seaver. Uh, decision wins all here four in a row. Jeremy Stevens, Duho Choi, the GOAT Artem Lobov, and Crone Gracie. And like I mentioned in his last outing, KO'd Daniel Pineda in what could have arguably been a walk-off, but he went in for one extra one just because. Notable losses, again, quite the resume. Jens Pulver at WEC 31 in 2007 via submission. Jose Aldo at WEC 41. In 2009, via TKO. Chad Money Mendez at WEC 50 in 2010 via decision. Now we're into the UFC here. Submission lost to Ricardo Lamas. Lost to Frankie Edgar twice. Once via submission, once via decision. These next three are all via submission. Max Holloway, Brian Ortega, and Hanato Moicano. And his most recent loss, a split decision to Shane Burgos, who's fighting at the next pay-per-view in a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. For Giga, that's a sick name. It really is. Giga Chikadze. I want to name my kid Ooh, that. Giga Baker. That actually <laughs> kind of sounds good. Giga is 12-2 and in a perfect 5-0 and in the UFC in a low-key fighter of the year last year, just saying. Seven KOTKOs, one submission. All eight of those finishes have came in the first round Notable wins against Erwin Rivera via decision and Omar Morales via decision. And he's riding a seven-fight win streak coming into this. But no, he's fighting a dog in Cub Swanson. Well, you know I'm I'm a big Killer Cub fan. How can you not be? Everybody should be a fan of Killer Cub. I a mean, legend. The guy's been doing it for so long. Look at those names. As you just, Gee, you just ran through the resume, the guy's, again, another guy who comes to bang. He's yeah. killer be killed much of the time. And, and is he bald part, with the times? And really, yeah, he's one of Kinda those like guys. Arlovsky. He's not, but you know, I would say he's not even like Arlovsky at this point. I think he's he's still got a lot left. I, I do. Agree. You know, I think you know as much as I love Andre Arlovsky, I tend to look at his fights and go, okay, he's getting through these by the skin of his teeth. Yeah, it's like somehow, some way. Yeah, but with Killer Cub, I think this guy is showing so much more in his with fights. A knockout look like at that used- Daniel Pineda yeah. fight. Pineda looked unbeatable for in his. That was, by the way, Pineda twenty six wins at that point, I believe, something like that. All of them via first, like <laughs> yeah. KO TKO, and, crazy. And Killer Cub beat him on the feet. Yeah, I yeah. mean that was an awesome performance. But he's going up against world class striking world here, Jiga Chikadze. Not only a world class kickboxer, third degree black belt in karate as well. Now, Cub Swanson. Black belt in BJJ. Yep. So, clear routes to victory here, right? You would think. Cub likes to bang, though. Cub likes to bang. I think Cub needs to get this fight <laughs> to the ground. He could be in some trouble. But he he's proven me wrong before. I mean, he he's totally capable of ending this fight in one shot. I just, if I'm looking at this fight from a striking perspective, I'm going to side with Giga Chikadze. Even though this is a big step up for Chikadze. A guy who was very active in 2020, as you alluded to. Low-key low fighter of the year yeah. talk. Yeah, he was. But uh, this is a big step up. That's why he wasn't in fighter of the year talk, because you didn't really know the most names. of his opponents. Yeah. But there's a reason why his name is on a lot of people's mind right now, even with the lackluster, I guess, 
opponents. Well, and there's a reason this is a co-main event. Yeah. You know. Well, this is my fight of the night pick. I'm going to st- start there. Yeah, fight of the night here. I agree. And um, Because I think this fight's actually going to go to a decision. I agree. But I'm going with Giga Chikadze. I disagree. I think, I think, <laughs> so I think uh, Cub Swanson, as great as he is, I, I, don't, I think he is going to fall too in love with just... I think this fight's going to get really good. And he's going to be like, I don't want to take And at that point, down. can he win on the feet over the course I just, of three? I'm not saying he can. But, but I think if I go out of 100 times... I think Giga Jacadze wins more than he and loses. Especially if you're going to start talking like the point fighting style of stand up. Because Cub's not coming to do that. No. But Giga can easily do that. He and he, we've seen him do that. So I'm going Jacadze via decision. Fight of the night. Going to be a banger, I think. I think this is fight of the night as well. I am siding with the veteran. Last mm-hmm. week, I think I. Or maybe it wasn't last week, but the week before, I split one and one with the veteran and the rookies. This one, I'm going Cub Swanson. Killer Cub. I think he does get it done over the course of three rounds. I think he wins a decision. I think this is a big step up for Giga, rightfully so, and well-earned. I think Cub can at least hold competitive on the feet, and if he can grapple a little bit, clinch up a little bit. We saw him utilize the clinch against Pineda. I think that's where he can find a little bit of success and just squeeze away with a decision victory and what would be a very big win for him at this stage of his career. Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to point out any flaws in that kind of logic, you know. Now time for the main event of the evening. The fight at light heavyweight. Dominic Reyes, Yuri Prohaska. Rule out the red carpet for these guys. Well, first off, Dominic, cool first name. You do spell it wrong, my friend. You gotta take <laughs> that K off of there. No, I'm just kidding. All Dominics are welcomed here with the Joes. Dominic Reyes is twelve and two. Six and two in the UFC. He's got seven KOTKOs, two submissions, all nine of his finishes in the first round. Notable wins: Jared Cannonier via TKO, a decision over Ovent Saint Preux, a split decision against Vulcan Uzdemir, and then a brutal one-punch KO of Chris Weidman, which earned him the aforementioned title shot against John Jones. Which leads me into the notable losses because, number one on that list, the first loss of his career was to arguably the greatest fighter of all time, John Jones. And then he fights for the vacated belt against Jan Blahovich last September and gets TKO'd in the second round and left with a damn near foot brand on the side of his body from Jan's <laughs> left foot. So he's now 12-2 and on a two-fight losing streak after being undefeated coming into this bout. Noah's boy, Yuri Prohaska, 28 years old, 31 professional fights. Mm-hmm. Whoa. it's a lot. 27 wins, 3 losses, 1 draw, <clears throat> but he's only 1-0 in the UFC. <laughs> Crazy. 24 KOTKOs, 2 submissions. That's 26 out of 27 via finish. And 23 of those 26 have been finished in the first round. Notable wins... The current Bellator light heavyweight champion, he TKO'd Vadim Nimkov back in Ryzen in 2015. He KO'd C.B. Dalloway, former UFC fighter in Ryzen at 2019 via, or I said via KO. And then in his UFC debut, he KO'd Vulcan Uzdemir. Was that second round? Yeah, it was like, it was literally Soon less in. than a minute. Yeah. Uh, he's riding an 11 fight win streak coming into this. Former Ryzen light heavyweight champion, an absolute unit, a beast, a very wild, wild man. <clears throat> Noah, how does that favor him in this fight? Or tell you what, not the, favor tell, you him. What, tell you what doesn't favor him that haircut. Oh, what is going on with that thing? Well, according to him at Media Day, he said he's <laughs> using it as an antenna for Wi-Fi. Cringe, I cringe. But oh. I love Yuri Prohaska. <laughs> I've been big on this guy since he debuted in the UFC. I think if he wins, you do your hair that way. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> uh, see, you're yeah. not, you can't you can't say that kind of things uh, on, this, uh. on this broadcast. Okay, okay. Now, um, yeah, this fight is really interesting because you have the Yuri Prohaska has like three times the amount of fights professionally. Yeah, that Dominic Reyes has, but Dominic Reyes has so much more UFC experience yeah. than Yuri Prohaska. So it's kind of like how much more does. Who really has the advantage as yeah. far as, uh, I guess, um, talent-wise or uh, octagon time, whatever you want to call it. Like, who really has the advantage there? This fight, I think, is going to be 
really... I think it's going to be a war for as long as it lasts. I've been going back and forth with it. I really have. I have a hard time. You know, at first I had a hard time really on our drive to get food today. I was yeah, saying, true. I was like, I don't, I have a hard time believing that this fight's going to get finished. And then somehow on my ride home and as we've been recording here, I'm like, I have a hard time thinking this fight's going to go to a decision. That's what I'm thinking. Either way. Dominic Reyes being the guy on a two-fight losing streak, you really got to look in a little deeper to that because one of those is to John Jones. And arguably a win. We thought he won that. But the follow-up fight to Jan Blachowicz, there was that no was, doubt. There was no it, doubt Blachowicz's It dominance. didn't even look, and this is no discredit to Jan because we know how good Blachowicz has looked recently. Yeah. But Dom looked just, I don't know if he maybe just came in underestimating Blahovich, you got to think. I mean, a lot of people were underestimating Blahovich because this is a guy that arguably just beat John Jones, but then comes in against a guy uh, definitely of lesser caliber than John Jones and Jan Blahovich, and really laid a dud and got dominated. I think the power was a shot to dominate. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I don't think he was expecting to be hurt because I mean it was really one one leg kick to the ribs and he had that was brutal. And I mean, you got to think that that just put him in the shell shock. And, and then you like, get hit with the hit. legendary Polish power. Yeah. I mean, oof. Now, here's my thing, though. The legendary can, Czech power. Can he really hang with the power of Yuri Prohaska? And Yuri not only is going to pressure you like Jan Blachowicz did to Reyes in that fight, but he's a wild man. He's <laughs> Now, that could open him up to get caught with a counter. Yeah, very so, true. Very much so Dominic Reyes could really make a statement here, knock out Yuri Prohaska. Boy, and I think... But... There's a reason that Yuri Prohaska has got the record he does, 27-3-1. and three and one. He doesn't get finished very often. Even fights where he gets hurt in, he comes back and wins. I saw a big clip going around Twitter of him getting rocked, ending the fight on a big uppercut, yeah. and it was like in less than a minute. Oh, he's got the one-shot power, man. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to side with my boy, Yuri Prohaska. I think he's got the tools to be a champion in the UFC. And probably will earn a title shot after this. Just maybe. And I'm going to go via. Mm-hmm. I'll give Dominic Reyes till the third round. I'm going to go to a third round KOTKO for Yuri Prohaska. So here's my... I want to pose one question. We like to pose questions to each other with these main events sometimes. Sure. All right. Okay. So here's going to be mine. We're talking five rounds here. And we've seen, we've seen Dom go the distance. Especially with a guy like John Jones in a fight we thought he won. And Yuri, on the other hand, hardly ever goes the distance. I mean, he's literally finished, what I say, 26 of his fights, and 23 of those have came in the first round. This guy doesn't get much time in that cage. If, if Dom can just stay alive, avoid the big shots early, what are we thinking should we approach rounds four and five here? Does it start to favor toward Dom, or does that power of Yuri stay with him? For I mean, five, I know Dom, Dom didn't necessarily look bad in the later rounds of the Jones fight, but he lost those rounds. That's right. why he lost the fight. Mm-hmm. He started out hot, yeah. and then as the fight went on, he slowed down. So I don't really know if I, if that's even like sure he 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 didn't he, get finished. He went yeah. five rounds, yeah. But I don't necessarily give him. I don't necessarily say he has the big advantage in that aspect. Yeah, I'd be intrigued to see if it does go those championship rounds who will truthfully that's come a good out point i would be interested to see if prohaska how much co- how compromised he is because he is a wild man and if that power stays for 25 minutes the power's got to be there you just got to wonder if you know he was very fluid on the feet just like his movement was he really does move good. a lot doesn't he for a so light he, heavyweight you know, he's gonna have to slow down eventually that that's interesting i'm gonna i'm gonna stick with my prediction but that is a i i just dominic reyes man he got he got cracked. Yeah, he did, I just, man. You know, it, it might not. <laughs> I don't know if he's. I, Polish power is a thing, don't get me wrong, but Prohaska's a dangerous man. Yeah, I'd be interested to see even if Dom maybe even tries to come out with a more, a little bit more grappling approach. I, I, he's got to be hesitant of the power here of Yuri. But all these question marks aside, it's time for me to make a pick so people are <laughs> quit being antsy. Yuri Prohaska, I think he gets it done. I think he passes a huge test, comes in, goes 2-0 in the UFC, and arguably probably is going to get a title shot after this. I'm going to be honest, especially when he gets it done via a second-round KO, TKO, in the UFC Vegas 25 main event. Nice. We had very similar predictions there. We did. 
But that is going to wrap up our preview for hashtag UFC Vegas 25. Let us know your thoughts on this uh, main card coming up this Saturday. And uh, make sure to check out these fights. Prelims start at 7 p.m. Main card starts at 10 p.m. You can check all of it out on ESPN Plus, ESPN2, or ESPN The Network. Yes. But until then, Dominic, tell the people where they can find you on social media. Find me on Twitter, on Instagram, on TikTok. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, at Diesely14. Find the podcast, more importantly, on Twitter and Instagram, at B-A-J underscore MMA podcast, because there may or may not have been a little bit of a sprinkle of a teaser that went out today when mm-hmm. we're recording this. So, you know. Big announcement upcoming. I'd, I'd go ahead and give us a follow. I'll just say that. Yeah, I'll just go ahead and say big announcement upcoming. Yeah, that's all. Go ahead. <laughs> Send them, send them on a scavenger hunt. Yeah. Go, go look at the Twitter. Yeah. And Decipher the code. Yeah. <laughs> it's not that pers- <laughs> Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I forgot to mention for Monday. Oh, damn it. Re- <laughs> results and recap for yeah. this card. That yeah. we're, for everything we previewed here, along with prelim notables and the news, that'll be on Monday. And we will have a special episode next week. What will it be? We don't know. <laughs> We'll have to wait and find out. Yes, Maybe yeah. that's what we're teasing. I don't know. Mm. No, it's not. It's not. <laughs> but We're really for, keeping them on their toes today. As for me, if you go to my bio on Twitter or Instagram, at ntbaker underscore, you'll be taken to our link tree, which gives you the links to all the platforms that the podcast is on, along with the social media platforms. That includes the Twitter, the Instagram, the YouTube channel, and Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. It's all on there, baby. And there's a couple links for the anchor page. First, mm. leaving a voice message. Mm-hmm. If you have a thought about an upcoming fight, a news story, if you just want to say hi or tell us we're a piece of shit, you do it there. And there's a link if you want to become a supporter of the podcast. That just provides with a few dollars a month and all that money goes back into improving the quality of the podcast, whether it be audio equipment or down the line doing a video podcast. So again, you can find all that if you go to my bio on Twitter or Instagram at... <laughs> what are you giggling? <laughs> we gotta cut this shit. <laughs> cut that, it off. Come on, end it. We're out. We'll see y'all on.